I'm Dominic Laurie, Head of Comms at TalkTalk, Talk, and all this week on Walking the Walk, we're celebrating the week of International Women's Day. Now, our first guest today is Jen Mossop-Scott, one of the most senior leaders in the company in the world of tech. If you thought all people who succeed in a career in tech look the same, speak the same, and come from the same background, Jen might make you think again. Jen, thank you very much for joining us on Walking the Walk. So where did it start with you? You don't have a very um, identifiable Northwest accent. So where did your journey begin? I am Canadian indeed. And despite living in Manchester for 20 some years in the UK for even longer, um, I have not <laughs> lost my heritage accent or indeed, how do you say, Canadian tendency to say awesome. You haven't lost a smidgen, Jen. Not, no. not even a smidgen, have you? No. <laughs> You're very loyal to your roots. Quite so. You came here a long time ago. Have, have you always worked in tech? Did you study it? Was it something that you picked? Were you, were you a young girl and started building sort of primitive computers? Where did, where did it begin? So answer to that is not at all. I came to tech only as a sort of professional in my sort of mid-20s, if that makes sense. So my, my childhood was very much more interested in kind of public policy and debating and arts and outdoor adventures, uh, as you might expect for a Canadian. My university degree started out studying the history of Western civilization through great books. Um, and eventually I settled upon neuroscience as a major. And that's what brought me to the UK. So I, I became a, yeah, a, I got a doctorate in, in neurophysiology, brain plasticity and, and sort of reorganization following injury, which isn't the natural path uh, to working in tech in the northwest of England. But um, you're, you're a Renaissance woman. Something like you, that. You, you did... Um, humanities, arts, sort of history and literature and philosophy. Then you dabble in neuroscience and now you work in tech. You, I, I, would, I would say I classify you as thoroughly intimidating, Jen. Please don't. Please don't classify me as intimidating because I'm super friendly. But the, um, <laughs> I, think, I think the route into tech as a career can be so multifaceted. So many of the people that work with me and work in my teams and that I've admired through my careers have come from such a diverse background set and have found their way through all sorts of pathways into careers in tech because it's something that can just satisfy curiosity. It's logical. It's oriented towards people. It's oriented towards making people's lives better, more easier, and uh, sort of more fantastic. So I don't think you have to have sat there as an eight-year-old dissembling your, your dad's computers and just wanting to code. It isn't like maths, where we, most people who are great at maths will, will have shown a real aptitude, almost genius for it at, at a very, very young age. But you wouldn't say that's the case for tech. No, and I think, I think tech is a very broad church with a huge amount of, again, diversity of career paths and, and skills. You know, you can be as creative, you know, in the sort of visual and, and human arts, in a sense, if you, if you choose a sort of design or UX type career pathway. And actually, some of the creativity that you may think of as, as, as not that per se is in creating great code, right? So, so actually it does take some level of lateral thinking and interesting mechanics of the mind to get into a zone that even creates that great logic. It's not a typical manifestation of a creative brain, but it certainly requires the sort of innovative thinking and, and flexibility of thought, even in the most sort of logical mathematical manifestations of tech. You can't just read a manual is what you're saying. You need you need you need to be able to think see around corners to a certain extent. That's what I think. That's where the the best 
job satisfaction comes from almost is obviously combining lots of technical skill, depending on your sort of sub specialism or whatever, but really being able to creatively problem solve is actually a lot of fun. So that's a really interesting shout out for me already, which is that even if you don't think you necessarily are a stereotypical tech potential employee, maybe think again, maybe you know, maybe maybe the, 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 there is a door open to you to this industry which needs your skill set. You might not have even considered as a tech skill set. One hundred percent. So I'm not that person, and you know, I've made a terrific career with all sorts of you know variation and variety and continual learning experiences um, through my sort of twenty odd years in tech now. But you know, I, I think of of people that I so admire who are you know, testing specialists or coders, and they come from this huge variety of backgrounds. So teaching or English or storytelling or math or computer science, you know, it's, it's like I say, quite a broad spectrum of people that can really find great job satisfaction in technical careers. I studied languages and therefore I'm used to walking into a room full of women. I was the minority. You work in tech. I imagine you're used to walking into a room full of men. Why is that? Why has this been so difficult to shift over decades in this, in this country? And I imagine not just in the UK. So that is certainly my, my reality and the reality of others. So I think often, not all the time, certainly not all the time, and it's getting better and, and more different, but often I sort of notice in a meeting that, you know, I'm, I'm the girl at the table, but it's no bad thing. So I think on the positive side, being a woman in technology makes you just slightly, slightly different and slightly interesting. Um, and that you can bring a, a different voice to the table. And if you're in an environment that appreciates diversity, like we are at Talk Talk, obviously, then it just adds value to the, to the discussion in the meeting. In terms of what's gone wrong, to sort of generalize, I suppose, I think it's a, a wider reflection of our, of our societal norms um, and probably traces all the way back to, you know, sort of early childhood development, education, how, how people are spoken to and advised through their schooling and careers that perhaps perpetuates sort of gender norms where engineering is, is perhaps kind of, you know, more of a male, male stereotype. It's, it's so hard to generalize, but I suspect it starts quite early. And I suspect that's also why it's quite, quite a duration to unpick. And the more amazing role models and non-threatening stories that people can tell, the more inspiring it is for, for people to realize, actually, this is interesting and, and accessible and cool, right? Who are your role models? Who are your strong female role models in tech? Because there's that phrase, isn't there, that you've got to see the person in order to be that person. Who did you see? I ha oh God, I don't know if I can, if I can, if I can sort of name just one, but they're of both genders, if that makes sense. So some of the most inspiring um, sort of technology leaders that I've worked with and worked for are what you might term allies, as opposed to being sort of women themselves. So I'm thinking particularly of a couple of old sort of CIOs that I'd work for being men would explicitly go out of their way to listen hard for the female voice in the room because they might be a little more withdrawn or or whatever. I think that's that's a great role model, but also, you know, other strong women in boardrooms generally um, who are those those really inspiring commercial and tech role models because you can um, again have folks 
pulling up behind them in with this sort of riding on on coattails. I, I would say other role models for me though are not above in a corporate hierarchy. I draw such uh, sort of inspiration and in a kind of reverse mentoring capacity from a lot of folks who are maybe in more junior roles, but really telling brilliant stories, doing incredible work. Um, you know, I can I can think of 20 in my own organization in the sort of software engineering arms at TalkTalk who I think, God, these women are amazing. And, you know, just channel some of their energy and, um, and talent. That's really interesting because you talked about two things. There. I'm going to pick two words out you said. One was getting the silent person in the room to speak up. Yep. And then you also said you want to channel their energy. It seems almost like you're just almost describing an, an electromagnetic problem, and almost, almost like you have to you have to actually be drawing the energy within these women that is there if you pay attention to it. I think if you if you talk in a safe space with other women, which we do um, often, and that's you know not just in in female enclosed circles, but for example, we run a just a brilliant um, sort of women in tech network again at Talk Talk that that has probably more women participating than men, but it's a safe space to have those really um, exploratory and vulnerable conversations. And what you find is that, is that there's just just so much passion in the room. And if you give that enough airspace to have a voice, it really starts to shine through. It's not always given the airspace. And in a, you know, in a sort of meeting room full of, you know, sort of men where women might be the minority, you've just got to Bear in mind that sometimes people aren't as confident as others in the room and have incredibly valid points. And you just might need to spend like 5% extra effort to draw out those voices because they're there and they're, they are awesome, right? And it's, it, it's not to generalize on gender because, you know, men have, have all sorts of, you know, sort of imposter syndrome and, and confidence gaps too. But the, um, you know, the best allies and leaders are the ones who recognize the dynamic in the room and just draw out because some of those best ideas and um like i said energy come from the quiet ones that's interesting so raising up gender imbalances sounds to me like a management style almost it means it's you've got a meeting it's an hour long make sure every voice is heard that 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 seems to be a a relatively straightforward fix that you're suggesting for example it's one of many things i think and is can you get name some others you got any others I think I think coaching and mentoring is a really important pillar, giving people um, airtime and sort of some leadership muscle and some uh, sort of confidence building feelings that they're they're listened to, they're empowered, they're strong. I think also there's a slight, slight difference with actual active sponsorship, which is where you have people who are actively rooting for you and providing those networks to to open up opportunities and pull you along as you're sort of kicking hard to go in the right direction. What about recruitment, Jen? Because that's a big problem, isn't it? The, the, I mean, you know, we can uh, talk to, we can be a supportive organization. I, you know, I know in many, many ways we are, which is great. But if we don't get enough women applying to us in tech, we can be as supportive as we like. We've still got a problem. How do you recruit great female technicians to work with us? So I think there's, there's lots of things that, that any good, good business can and should and is doing, including, you know, just the basics like non-named CVs. So you're just looking at the experience and talent rather than um, some of the, you know, perhaps more subconscious 
influences. But I think probably more important is to is to be accessible and and have reach into the communities where uh, sort of potential talent may draw. So almost that that outreach and that that sort of brand and the quite honestly for me and I'm reasonably senior. Um, one of the things that I that just it just totally drew me to Talk Talk as a great place to work is that within our core values and we shout about this loud and proud. We say, you can be yourself here, right? That is so powerful. It just matters to people to know that an organization just provides the opportunity for everybody to be themselves. And it is not a platitude. It is core to to what we live and do at TalkTalk. And part of that sort of outreach and brand that any organization may have is it's trying to reach communities of high potential women, providing that sort of we value you. We really do. We see you. And being yourself is incredibly important to us, I think is a big draw. So there are teenage girls listening to this. There are young women, 2021, 20, 23, post-university. They want to get into tech. What's your advice? Be yourself. Be yourself. And if, if you've found a, an organization that allows you to be yourself, then that's a great match. And remember that there is no one size fits all. So don't be sort of put off by a perception that a career in tech is for nerds or for mathematicians or for computer scientists and, and you know gamers who've been at it for, for years and years and years. There is a huge diversity of experience and career path. And if you've got a good brain and you're curious and you're great at learning and you can pick stuff up, it's a super exciting place to be. So have a go, <laughs> right? Jen, thank you so much. That's all for today. If you like the podcast, please subscribe in your podcast app. And if you have time, give us a review. If you have a suggestion or question, get in touch on Twitter at TalkTalkGroup. You can follow us there or also on LinkedIn. Thanks a lot for listening.